and welcome to another episode of The Engineer and the Rabbi. I am Nat Lokshin, The Engineer. I'm Rabbi Daniel Rabin, The Rabbi, and uh, welcome once again to all our listeners. We hope you've been enjoying our podcast. We certainly have been enjoying uh, chatting to each other. And, um, uh, you know, Nat, I, I was thinking the other day, even if, no, even if we don't know how many people are listening necessarily, I think it's, it's always good to have a chat for ourselves. And, uh, you know, as I say, you know, when you talk, you learn. So it's been a great learning experience for me, and I hope it has been for you. Yeah, I definitely just slotted this in to make sure that we would have a weekly or every two-week catch-up, just you and me, Rabbi, just to make sure we're, we're getting that proper cadence. But uh, yeah, it's yeah. definitely been good to, um, to have these chats, and I do hope people are listening, definitely enjoying it. And the last time we met, we were, we were in the second week of lockdown, I think, um, and we said we hope that this time around we'll be out of lockdown, and thank God that is true, although the for me, the disappointing thing is that I was scheduled to go to Sydney next week during the school holiday. So I had a week planned, a nice holiday. Um, but as they say, mensch tracht and God lacht, man plans and God laughs, so to speak. You know, God has his plans. Um, so we'll be staying local. And um, we just wish our families, friends, you know, fellow, uh, fellow citizens in, in Sydney that are going through their challenging times now, we wish them strength and hopefully they get it under control soon and they don't have a very long restrictions coming their way. That's the hope. Definitely echo that and hope for it. But I'm sure you could make it to New South Wales. The problem will be getting back into Victoria afterwards. So if you want to move up there, you never know. You could have a new job up there. It's an interesting thing, you know, that you mentioned because, um, you know, a lot of times we don't think about the long the, the, the long term goal. You know, so people. And maybe that's a good discussion anyway, is that, you know, at times, you know, you can't just only think about the short-term gratification. You've got to think about what is the impact of my decisions? What are the impact of my actions? And this lockdown thing has definitely taught us that, you know, you can't just say, well, I'm going to go to Sydney because I can go there and it's okay to go there because you have to think about what about when I come back? Um, and as we know, you know, right now, I think it's been declared a red zone. So if I went there, yeah, maybe I could, uh, I could get there and perhaps, you know, deal with the, have a bit of a holiday, but coming back, I'd have to spend 14 days in isolation or in lockdown. So you've got to think about the long-term things as well. Yeah, I made it to New South Wales and we didn't manage to record our podcast last week. I drove up to New South Wales and escaped skirting the, uh, the orange zone as it was declared at that time. So yeah, living, living day to day, week to week on what we can and can't do around Australia. We've had people fly up to Brisbane and get turned around at the airports because they're because of Victoria's considered a red zone at that time. It really you, you cannot plan anything these days um, until we have a, a reasonable vaccination um, schedule or the state start agreeing to to allow movement, even with potential COVID, it's always we're always going to go in and out of these restrictions, borders closing, flights stopping, constantly checking our phones to see are we allowed to go somewhere? Have we been to this place? Are we considered a close contact? It's, I mean, lockdown yeah, that, is one exactly. thing. It's stressful. It has to become like the regular flu. You know, you don't check your diary. You know, when it comes to people having the flu, it's just. You take, the, you, you know, whoever wants to get the vaccine for the flu, you know, builds their resilience. Hopefully they don't get as sick. And that's, I think, the point we have to get to where we have to really just have the whole 
the whole country or most of the country as much as we can get vaccinated. And then it's just another a matter of if you pick it up, you might have to take the, a couple of days of work, you know. Um, but it's going very slowly. I had my second uh, Pfizer vaccine yesterday, so I'm fully vaccinated, um, which doesn't really make a difference right now, you know, in terms of making any changes to your your ability to do anything. Maybe if you maybe if Israel opens its border, they'll say if you've been fully vaccinated, you can you can come in. So we'll see. But time will tell, um, as um, we say in the classics. Time will definitely uh, tell. I just before we um, move on to today's timely topic, um, I, I had a note from one of our super fans reach out mm. to us and they love listening to the podcast. They, they love our conversation. So we do have some fans. They like the name, but they thought there was possibly a better name we could name this podcast rather than just the engineer and the rabbi. We could change it to an engineer and a rabbi walk into a podcast. What do you think? I love that. I love that concept. I think it's such a classic, such a clever name. So um, you're the technical man. You, if you know how to change it on that side, I'll, I'll, re, I'll update the flyer. Um, a little, you know, a little uh, post, uh, whatever you call it, a little logo that shows us um, both of us behind the mic and we can add in there, you know, a rabbi and an engineer or an engineer and a rabbi walk into a podcast. That's great. But if you do have any feedback for us, if you like the new name, both Nat and I like it, but we will we will see if there's anyone else sends us feedback, and we'll take it on board. Yeah, and so I, I, mentioned- I will try and uh, I'll try and uh, sorry to I'll try and update it, and um, and we'll see how that goes. Cha- changing yeah. our name on the fly, we'll figure it out. Hopefully, yeah, we don't exactly. lose any fans. <laughs> yeah, well, we we won't we won't hold our breath, you know. Um, so last time we we spoke about dinosaurs, and I think it it. it sparked in our minds just a discussion about time you know and the relativity of time and and certainly how judaism views time um jewish jewish tradition is very much time focused i mean everyone is time focused today we we're governed by our time our schedules our clocks you know you mentioned today we don't really know what's coming tomorrow but ultimately we are you know we all got our watches we've got our phones we're always concerned about time and judaism very much speaks about time um you know we have the halachic times jewish law times it governs our day. It rules our day. It rules our holidays. Um, you know, obviously, some of the times are, are lunar-based, some of them are solar-based, but our general day is, is based on, on the time we get up. And even Nat asked me a halakhic question the other day. You know, he had to go to work early, and we were just discussing, you know, when can he do his particular prayers? You know, is it from the moment he wakes up? Is it the moment called alot hashachar, which was dawn, or a time when it's called mishayaki, when you can already recognize somebody, and that's the earliest time. So time is very much... Um, I guess, a guiding principle. But the, the, the trick is to become a master of time as opposed to allowing time to rule you, which means you've got, to, you've got to get in control of your life. You've got to get in control of your day. Don't just let, it, don't just let the days and the minutes and the hours pass by and you just, okay, whatever happens, happens. You need to become a master of time. That's really the trick of, of life, I think, and it's not always that easy. Um, so, yes, I mean, Nat, what do you reckon about how Judaism influences our time? Or, or time influences our Judaism. Well, thank God we live in a day and age where there's an app for that. And that's how <laughs> I usually govern my day-to-day to make sure I'm, I'm getting my prayers and, and certain things in by, by the time next Sunday. Well, this Sunday is a, a fast, and so have to eat. I wake up early and eat before the fast, or at least have my coffee. I know you don't partake in coffee, but I need that. 
to get through the day. So I have my coffee and then I can break it later. You know, when praying three times a day before this time, after this time, preferably after this time, but not too bad. Then there's a bunch of gray area, which I'm still trying to get um, up to date with. I, I can't imagine what it was like before a phone and every wrist had a watch to govern when when you can do those when you can do everything really that's right and i think you know um i once gave a sermon about it um when i when i mentioned that concept of really we can we should control time it's like yeah you know there was this famous king and i'll try to rush through this very quickly because i don't want to take up too much of our time on one story but there was this king who was looking for the they were they were trying to you know build the best army so it's going back in time before they had a uh, all this modern warfare equipment. So they were looking for archers. So they sent their scouts to go find the best archer in, in the land. And they went and they traveled and they came to this field and they saw all these targets set up and they saw arrows sitting in the bullseye at every single one of these targets. And the scouts were very excited. I mean, who would be this tremendous archer who was able to hit bullseye at all of them? As the story goes, when they called, they found a young guy, 16 years old, and they said, you know, who owns this archery? And he said, me. And they said, you, you strike all these targets? Yep. And they said, demonstrate it to us. They took out all the targets. He went and he fired all the arrows. And as he came, as the arrows were finished in each of these, he came with his marker and he drew the bullseye around where the arrow had landed. And they said, Chacham, wise pun, you have to draw the target before you shoot, not after you shoot. It doesn't help because every, if, you, if you draw the target after you shoot, of course, everyone's going to hit bullseye. So in life, you know, you can go, you can either be like that archer or you can be like a real archer. You can set the time. You can say, look, I'm going to, this is my goals. This is what I'm going to try and do. Or you could just let every day go by and you say, okay, what, what happened, happened. It's not a very productive way of living. You won't really achieve much. And it, it, will be, it, it, can, it can lead to all sorts of difficult challenges, depression and all sorts of things. If, you just, if you're not in control of yourself, you're not in control of what you're doing. And I think Judaism gives us that structure. You know, we, we are provided with, whether it be on a weekly basis or a daily basis, a weekly basis or a, an annual basis, we have, like we mentioned, that daily structure, as you said, there's this great app, uh, or there are many great apps and programs which tell you when you can do things, when you can't do things, the latest time to pray, the earliest time to pray. And then you've got obviously your weekly Shabbat, which is another point in time where it's, it's you know, now you, need, now you need to have a rest in time. And then, of course, the Jewish holiday. So time is, time is really, as I said, something which is, of course, infinite in the sense that time will always exist, but it's finite for us. And so we've got to make the most of it. Completely agree. And the other confusing thing about Judaism and time is our day, our day starts the night before, right? So you, when a Jew's starting their festival, it's always starting on the night, but you, always, you talk about it as the next day. It's, it's a juggle to what is the, you know, secular calendar and timing of, of things. And then you're working in the Jewish time where the day starts in the evening beforehand or i mean technically for jews it's that day but it's an evening yeah that's right we start we start at counting our calendar from the, the from the evening so you know in the jewish so right now as we're speaking it's the 23rd day of june and in the in the jewish calendar today is the 13th day of the month of uh, of tammuz but as it becomes sunset tonight and then, the, and then obviously we have the, 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 the new day, the evening begins. That is now the 14th day of Tammuz. So it's evening and then night. You, and the question is why? Why do we do it that way? Have you ever, ever seen an answer for that reason? 
I the only way I know of it is the story of creation where when mm. they're telling the dates, it's the evening and the morning of the first day. It's not the morning, then the evening. The way it's written in the Torah is it's the evening and the morning. And that's why we we don't do our days that way. Well, Jews um, count their days in that way. That is, Am I close? So we base it exactly right. We base it on creation. And it says, Vayihi Erev, Vayihi Boker, Yom Shani, Yom Shlishi. It was evening, it was night, and then it was morning, and that is a day. So we, we do that. But the question is, why would Hashem do that? So I saw one, I guess, mystical or metaphoric reason is that the, the, the whole concept of Judaism, what it tries to instill in us, that even when we begin uh, or our life, the sequence is that we have darkness, you should never be afraid that it's going to lead to light. There's going to be light around the corner. And so even though we start the day knowing that it's now dark, we know that oh, as the day progresses, it's going to be light. Whereas if we started in the morning, then you'd say, oh, look at life is so wonderful. Uh oh, Now we're leading to darkness. And it can be quite depressing because you can think that the darkness follows the light whereas here we say the light follows the darkness and so whenever you might be feeling a little bit down or feeling like you're in a corner or things are looking bleak remember that light is just just around the corner and that's why we actually do this whole you know the lunar calendar is also based that the, the moon the moon waxes and wanes you know sometimes you see a little bit and then you see the whole thing and so jewish people have always been driven by the moon too because it's almost like our history there's times when we feel so small, times when we feel we don't exist, but the next thing we know that ah, we're out in full glory. So it's um, it has you know it has significance in that sense as well. You know, that's a very I've never heard it described that that where you know the light will follow the darkness. But it's I love those sorts of metaphors and the way of looking at things in a different way during the day. It, it, with so much distraction and in the modern world there's there's good things that just ground you to just you know base level time enjoying the day looking forward to the light it's, it definitely that's what i need in my life is that sort of structure and schedule and things to look look towards rather than you know retrospectively or look too far ahead etc yeah absolutely and the good thing about you know having jewish time is that you get two birthdays often you know because we <laughs> You have your secular birthday, which follows the solar calendar, and you have your Jewish birthday, which follows the lunar calendar. And of course, on the date of your birth, the two dates coincided, obviously. Um, and they, I think, I think every nineteen years. Nineteen, I believe. Have you figured out how to um, put your Facebook birthday as the Hebrew birthday, so it comes up on that day yet? <laughs> I've not. Is there a way? I have no idea. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. There's a new plugin you can create now. <laughs> Um, but it's funny because I remember, I remember as a kid, I was like, well, which day was I born on? Was I born on my English date or was I born on my Hebrew date? How, how could I be born on both dates? It's not possible. You know, obviously, as a young mind, you, it was hard to comprehend how this could actually work. Whereas, obviously, as we get older, we understand that it's two different cycles. So you were, only, you were obviously only born on one day. You, didn't, you weren't born on two days. One of the interesting things I only recently sort of started to understand is the Jewish calendar is... A lunar calendar so you're going from new moon to new moon um and i believe you know back in temple times the start of the moon was defined by when the rabbis could see the new moon and they set fires to alert all the um, surrounding areas that the month has started but since then the calendar itself has been 
more static, at least calculated um, in the future to when the when it should coincide with the new moon. So it's it's a bit more predictable. But when it comes to a leap year, because in in Jew, the Jewish calendar as well as the um, secular solar calendar, there's a leap year. We don't just add a day; we add a whole month, and that that took me a while to realize that adding a day means you're now offset from when the new moon is. So you're not you're no longer going to track with the new moon. So you have to add the whole month in order to to stay your month from from new moon to new moon. Right. And, well, it was also it was also to ensure that the that the chagim the holidays fell in the correct season. Because remember, most of the most of the, the the festivals, like for example, Pesach, and obviously we live in the southern hemisphere, but in the northern hemisphere, Pesach usually falls in the springtime. So in order to ensure that Pesach will always fall in the springtime, you have to add an extra month of Adar um, every two to three years to harmonize the Jewish calendar with the seasons. So it sort of keeps that consistent. But you're right. I mean, Judaism, the interesting thing is, you know, speaking about being masters of time, the way that the, the original thinking that Hashem set up was that we were supposed to, we were supposed to decide when the holidays were going to be. You had to have witnesses who would go out and look up and see where they, when they saw the new moon. And then they would declare to the Beth Din at the time of the Sanhedrin, we've now seen the new moon. They would obviously be quizzed to make sure that they weren't false witnesses. And that would, would, would then decide when is in fact um, going to be the next the Rosh Chodesh, the new month. And that would obviously decide when the holidays would be. Hillel, the famous Hillel, I can't recall which exactly he did it, but Hillel, he established the fixed, this is called, this was Hillel II. He, he, he established a fixed calendar um, based on mathematical and astronomical calculations, obviously a brilliant mind. And so that calendar is still in use today. We know when Pesach is going to be for the next thousand years, thanks to Hillel. Only a thousand? Uh, I don't know how far his calendar went, actually. I'm not 100% sure. Um, yeah, I definitely, I can tell anytime I'm working, I can tell work that these are the times that I will not be in the office. Do you want me to tell you this year, next year, the next 10 years? Because that's not changing. doesn't matter what project or what um, important dates are on that time. Those are pretty fixed. Yeah, and it helps, I mean, as a rabbi, you know, when I sit, you know, in December time and I know what's coming up, you know, we want to plan events for the year. It's not like you have to guess, you know, you know when Rosh Hashanah is coming, you know when Purim is coming, you know when Hanukkah is coming. So you can be very organized to plan ahead as to what you are going to be doing. And I think it's important, but we should never forget that ultimately God did want us as partners. So while we still need, whilst we do have this fixed calendar and it's been a great um, benefit to the Jewish community, I think we should always remember that Hashem did want us to be partners in, in, in the workings of the world, in the workings of even nature, that we should define and decide. And I mean, there's another whole discussion based on this is why is it that outside of Israel, some of the holidays have two days um, and in Israel they only have one day. So we can get into that um, another week, but I think we're almost out of time. Yeah. <laughs> we are, we're almost out of time, but we are in control of time. Um, and so I think there's still so much to talk about on this topic. I'd love to really extend it to talking about the age of the world and how, how we view a day in terms of Jewish uh, thinking, you know, where we say the world is millions of years old. I want to go back to what I just mentioned, how, why we celebrate more days outside of Israel than any in Israel. So still lots to talk about. Um, so you have, to, you have to come back and listen to us again. Yeah, it'll just take more time, right? <laughs>
but we want you to be we want you to to make use of your time that your time should be um, utilized properly efficiently and of course becoming masters of the time as we have uh, as we've just spoken about so um, till next time we want to wish you well please god wherever you are in the world whether you're in melbourne or sydney or anywhere hashem should bless you with health and goodness and parnasa and all the blessings you need so from us from me and from nat um have a wonderful day or night <laughs> have a wonderful night and then day <laughs> sounds good all right take care everybody cheers, cheers.